0: This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. Hey, it's the Partnership Podcast. It's Eric Williams with uh, with Vail Valley Partnership, and I'm so excited to be here. I'm laughing because I'm just looking at the smiling faces. We have a whole panel of people that are joining us today. We're recording this podcast over Zoom so I can see their smiling faces, but uh, we're talking with a team from EBBH. We're talking peer support, sports psychology, heart's rain. We're talking about all sorts of really important things, and if you don't know what those are, that's okay because we're about to jump into it. Kayla Bettis is the Outreach Operations Manager over at uh, Eagle Valley Behavioral Health, and we're talking peer support. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you for having us.
0: (laughs) Good. Uh, I'm glad to see you, and I know I say this morning you could be listening to this podcast out there anytime, all you folks out there in podcast world, but we're all chipper in in one morning here in the Valley. Uh, Sonia Mejia is joining us as well, Uh, the Executive Director of Rain and a Certified Peer Coach. Sonia, good morning.
2: Good morning. Thank you for having
0: me. It's a treat. It's an absolute treat. And then Dr. Harlan Austin, a sports psychologist who works uh, in conjunction with Eagle Valley Behavioral Health and Howard Head Sports Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Austin.
3: Good morning. Glad to be here.
0: <laughs> those are all the uh, th- those are all the voices right there. So you hear different voices pop in throughout our conversations. Uh, we do have a panel of experts, Eagle Valley Behavioral Health, really working on this new initiative uh, that talks peer support. So Kayla, let's lead off with you. And I guess the first question is, what is it? And uh, the second one would be, why do we need it?
1: great question, Eric. And peer support is so unique because it is a form of healing, but it's also a form of connection where one, two, three, 10 people can get together and really bond over shared experience with a trained peer coach, such as Sonia or a member of her team or member of our team that has been formally trained to identify how to share feelings in a safe space, share experiences, emotions, and really build that sense of healing and connection in a non-clinical setting. So this is not with a therapist. This is with people of like minds with similar lives that want to come together and process and in our, in our Valley, because your question was, you know, why do we need it? And we have so many offerings at Eagle Valley behavioral health and so many other of our wonderful partners, hearts, Reigns, speak up, reach out the hope center mountain youth. There are so many of our partners that offer forms of connection and space to really gather and process whatever you're going through in life. And this is another addition to that level of sharing and communication that maybe can lead into forms of therapy and counseling but it gets us familiar in talking with ourselves
0: i like that you said non clinical you know because that is i would imagine that uh, when people are struggling with something mental health and i use myself as an example like you know i can figure this out myself i'll just i'll just power through it myself i can imagine one of the barriers uh, to uh, to getting with other people is that that idea of no, I can just handle this myself. So rather than jumping straight into therapy models, this is just just normal people getting together and talking about the same shared experiences.
1: Yes, these are our neighbors. And these are our friends and they're people in our community that we haven't met that maybe through a peer support group, you're able to say, wow, that we have so much in common. I really feel attached and tethered to your experience because it's similar to mine. And I feel like I can trust you. I want to build that connection and talk about ways to help each other. And that's something that Sonia has done so well before launching our Mountain Strong program. She really created that foundation in our Valley, especially for our Latinx populations that can use that type of community connection in a formalized way.
0: Sonia, let's, uh, let's move over to you and ask you that question. I, I wish all of you could see on the podcast her smiling face right now that when you said something nice about her, she just got a little bit red in the cheeks right there. Uh, you know, that's, it takes a humble person to do great work like this. Sonia, talk to me about uh, with the idea of, you know that if I'm saying like this makes me a little bit nervous uh, in the Latinx culture... Are, the, are these folks more nervous to get together and talk about this or less nervous? Or how do you, how do you bridge that gap? Or what are maybe some of the barriers that I wouldn't see or know about?
2: So with the Latinx uh, community itself, we have different barriers once we are trying to assess or get connected to mental wellness. Um, and so since two, 2018, we started, getting together with just community members and trying to find, okay, what what can be done, what, what we can do to get our community uh, more aware of mental health, of, you know, getting connected with resources and stuff like that. And so peer support really brings in those values of self-help, mutual support and connection that Kayla was talking about so important to get um, those values in our community. Um, And specifically to to, uh, the Latinx community, we also look into the cultural uh, relevance of programs. So culture is very important to us. For example, family, very family-oriented, very um, very, uh, also trying to bring in that value of family into what we do, into our groups. and it's been you know, a process, it has been a process to, to get uh, going and, and to understand different ways to communicate and, and get together. Um, but so far we have been able to establish three distinct groups for folks uh, more on the adult side. We, we serve people 16 and up. Um, so we have groups, for example, Corazon de Mujer that is for uh, women and we get together uh, once a week for six weeks, and we share about you know, different uh, topics, family, uh, drugs, um, alcohol, also um, you know, activities that promote these voices to be out there and share with other com- um, community members and within the family. We also have a program for couples, um, and we have a, a group for men that also uh, meets every week. So it's important for us also to touch on the different, uh, you know, men, women, and also the couples.
0: I like that, that uh, you're gonna kind fit of all the different uh, gaps there, all the different pieces uh, and all the different groups that really need it. Are you, what has been the initial response to some of these peer groups? Uh, I can, I, I'm joking in my head. I can imagine the women loved it and the guys were a little hesitant, but uh, I'd love to know what the real response was.
2: But well, you know, it's been a great response and that is what keeps on going and very hopeful that this can really uh, be very meaningful. Uh, up to, to this date, we have served hundreds of people through the support groups and different uh, workshops that we do as well like mental health first aid uh, to bringing that awareness and understanding about uh, mental illness and also um, uh, drugs, drug use. Um, You know, it's, it's been really, in a moment, it took us like, okay, by surprise, a lot of interest. And we have been organizing Better making our groups more cohesive. Um, you know, now we have smaller groups. We always provide uh, a, a safe space to our meetings, that is very important and also very uh, confidential and very respectful to to our participants.
0: And that's incredibly important. And I'm glad that you shouted that out. You've been doing this work since 2018, like you said, starting to build the groundwork for something like this. And I want you to. If you would, for a moment, gaze into your crystal ball, you're looking into the future now, you've been doing this work for 10 more years. What is the impact that you wanna see in the community? What, How is this community different after you've been doing 10 years of this work?
2: Well, we are really hopeful that with the support of partners such as EVBH and others, we can really make this something that perhaps can extend to other communities and be replicated, and um, I really think that we can reach hundreds and hundreds of people, if not thousands, by ten years. You know, um, we really think that this is the way uh, to move forward. We know that there is a shortage of, um, you know, um, clinicians to oversee. Uh, a larger population that is growing, that is going to be needing that support in mental health and addictions, and we are here just to complement that and also to connect people to those services if they require them.
0: It is. That's. Uh, that's, uh, that's uh, I want that ten-year vision. Uh, I want that ten-year plan. I love that. That sounds fantastic. Thank you. And we're gonna. We'll come back to all of you in a moment. But uh, Dr. Austin has been sitting there very quietly. Uh, you know, fixing people as, as he, you know, on the side, as he's looking into the screen as well, but Dr. Harlan Austin, sports psychologist, you and I had a little bit of a brief chime to chat about this and I'm fascinated by, uh, by, by your industry, because it's so important. It's something that like you see professional athletes talk about, but wait, I don't have to be a professional athlete to talk about sports psychology and that kind of piece. I don't have to be Michael Jordan, like visualizing my jump shot. (laughs) I can just be a normal guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. uh, For sure. You know, and You know, before I go too deep into the the sports-like specific world, I I think there's a real um, kind of connect the dots part to the work that you guys are doing with peer support, because one of the things I heard you both speak about that was really important in the work I've done in the past is the concept of connection. And connection is something that uh, patients I've worked with through the years, whether it be through a mental health diagnosis, a substance use disorder diagnosis, an athlete who's separated from their team because of injury um, is is a key golden thread that is a part of well-being and health that I think is so valuable. And I think that the peer support work and the way that it helps provide connection at an on-the-ground level for folks in the community is really uh, the foundation to build on a community that's healthy. And I think the way that The sports psychology really fits nicely with this is that our community is a community that is often connected through participation in sport. This is a recreational area where folks, whether it's actually doing traditional sports like basketball or cross country or the mountain sports that we have with skiing and mountain biking, um, or motorsports that we have such access to up here. Um, and any other new adventurous thing that gets created usually shows up here. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I on my commute to the hospital, see para sailors pretty regularly, you know, just cruising above the freeway in a parachute, you know. So adventure <laughs> sports is a big thing in this community. And uh, that type of approach to life is something that's so valuable for folks and helps them stay connected to what's important and how they feel healthy. And that, that's where the, this kind of role of sports psychology seemed like a natural fit for the work that we do here at Howard Head Sports Medicine, because a lot of folks up here do end up getting injured doing some of these adventure sports. And whether you're an actual Olympic athlete who's trying to get back on the slope so that you can compete, in an Olympic year or you're just a recreational athlete who can't go mountain biking because you broke your collarbone and you're trying to get back to health. All of those things impede somebody's way that they interact with the world, right? Their day-to-day life, what's important to them. And mm-hmm. um, as a part of those physical rehabilitation journeys, there's always a mental component. So you can't separate out the mind from the body. You know, we are connected in that way, our mind and is connected. And uh, we, we, often struggle when our body's not doing what we want it to do. If we're used to using that tool, right. And when you have a community of athletes, like we do up here, um, when the body doesn't do what we want it to do, it can be depressing. It can be uh, fearful. It can create anxiety. And um, you know, my role as I see it going forward is to help folks connect that mind body piece so that they can get their mind back to where it needs to be so that their body can get back to where it needs to be uh, so that we can help that whole healing, that whole body healing for folks.
0: I just love hearing you guys talk about this because it, it seems like uh, it's something that uh, it, honestly, so much of it seems common sense when you talk about this. Oh, wait, mind and body really are connected in that way. But it's something that, you know, and as athletes, we haven't done for so long. It's just my ankle. It's just my ankle. It's nothing but my ankle. Now nah, your head's got a little bit to do with that. You know, one of the things you said there, Doctor Austin, that really struck me was you said. I, I mean, I thought of I went in my head, sports psychology was the visualization and helping someone uh, succeed. But when you said an athlete that is separated from their team, you know, and and how how much that could relate to someone who could be experiencing some mental health problems and feeling separate from the community. What are the strategies that you use? For an athlete feeling, you know, and I don't want to give away the whole store, and everybody's different, but strategies there, how do you go into like an athlete feeling separated from their team because gosh, that really relates to me as someone like I feel a little bit apart from the community right now because maybe I'm struggling with an addiction that nobody sees or maybe I'm struggling with this or who knows what it may be.
3: Yeah. Well, I go back to connection. So it's connecting somebody to people who are understanding their situation, whether that be a group of injured athletes who are all trying to get back to their sport, um, but also just being connected to their team, however they can socially. So whether or not you can participate doesn't mean you can't be there and help support the team, be around the folks that are important to you, but also internal connection. So sometimes what happens is we feel disconnected from our own path, our own goals, And helping somebody understand that, look, through the use of some of these interventions you mentioned, like visualization, learning how to use progressive muscle relaxation, I can actually help myself heal and get myself back to what my goal is. So connecting to my own personal goal and path in life, and also connecting to the social support networks that are in my life and not having a disconnect from both of those areas. Because that is often what happens when somebody is not able to participate, is that they're not connected to their personal goals, their personal identity. And they're not connected to their social support network. So I really want to work on making sure that we can get those connections there and help identify what they can actually do on a day-to-day basis that influences their past. So they have that sense of agency that I'm actually doing what I want to do in life, even though it's not looking like I want it to today, the fact that I go to physical therapy and I push through and I do the hard work is connected to
0: who I am and what I want to be down the long road. Absolutely. It is. That's a, Gosh, like I said, I love talking to you guys. I love hearing uh, all these different pieces. Uh, Sonia, I'm going to jump back to you for just a moment and uh, talk just a little bit more about the the mission of Hearts Reign uh, because we've mentioned that a couple of times too. But I want to make sure that that's fully defined so that people know what is Hearts Rain, What is this uh, this organization? And then and who do you want to make sure we're serving? Because I want those people to listen and make sure that we get it out.
2: Absolutely. So we are a peer-run organization uh, for the Latinx community. Um, And our one thing is to bring, again, those values of self-help, mutual support, and recovery here uh, to Eagle Valley. Um, We are uh, very adamant to bring these services also to folks that perhaps have some don't have the skills in English so we do a lot of our programming is in Spanish and that is quite uh, the difference we also bring in the cultural aspect of our Latino uh, community into into front so when we gather uh, we use different ways to connect food might be one of those ways you know sitting around sharing something uh, to eat and talking about what's at that moment, um, you know, putting us in in a bad situation. Uh, You know, we're very open um, to to those conversations to allow people to express what is their situation at that moment. Uh, I personally have shared my story. Uh, I am a person that has bipolar uh, disorder. So it's a way for us also to break on that stigma about mental illness and substance use. Um, you know, the other thing is that we are trying to bring in folks to also become peer specialists and look into this area as a as a way to help others and to engage in a way that is meaningful, that can lead to a professional development. Um, and obviously go out there and be also, part of, of this movement and and get connected with others, serving others and supporting others.
0: Thank you for that the way that you have it. Really, I mean, so many times in uh, when we get to go to different things that are going to help us, you are invited. But how much do you really belong? And It seems like you're really you're really trying to make sure that people belong and know that they feel that uh, with all the different connection pieces. By the way, uh, I was going to say, the, as many times we said the word connection in this podcast I absolutely love that that's the theme of it you know if it were if it were anybody else we'd make a drinking game out of it but I say that we do a push-up every time we say the word connection Uh, if you're listening to this podcast one push-up one (laughs) sit-up that'd be more that'd be better for all of us Um, Kayla I want to get involved I know the community wants to get involved so how do we uh, as the as regular average Joes or whatever how do we get involved with this
1: Yes, how do we access? And something that was wonderful that Dr. Austin said earlier was as a provider, which Dr. Austin is, our clinicians, our providers in the valley, our partners can be working with these individuals. You could have that athlete that is struggling, wanting to connect to their team, wanting to have that experience of understanding of, hey, I I can meet you where you're at. I understand what you're going through. And Dr. Austin on our Mountain Strong platform, as a provider, can say, hey, I'm going to connect you to this peer support program. I'm going to make a referral. It's confidential. And that goes into your treatment plan because what we like is true, innovative, new forms of treatment and healing that you can add into your therapy, into additional clinical work, whether it be the physical therapy, whether it be counseling, your provider can say, this is something great in addition to. And that individual can go to that group and everyone in the group doesn't know how they came to be. They could have accessed it through our, portal on eaglevalleybh.org under get help now go to our peer support page and you can click on active running peer support groups in the community and sign up that way or you can have one of your providers connect you to that portal and you can sign up based on your referral from a clinician and it's great because you arrive and it is confidential as Sonia mentioned earlier no one knows how you came to be there they just know you're there and you want that experience along with everyone
0: and you're doing such a good job of making the people feel like they belong while they're there it's it's all these pieces coming together that we really appreciate eaglevalleybh.org if you didn't hear it eaglevalleybh.org if you didn't hear us say eaglevalleybh.org because we want that out there as much as possible to sign up or like you say uh in different ways um anything else you guys want to share with the community before we send you on your way to go make the world a better place? (laughs)
1: We just thank you for having us. And, and VVP is one of our branch leads. We have different organizations that oversee special population groups of peer, whether it be our substance use, our veterans, our, our Latinx community, our youth, and, and you being such a sponsor and advocate for this program has been great for us to really put it out to the community for easy access. So thank you for having us on today.
0: It is our pleasure. We, uh, we serve this business district and we know that uh, that you are a community that uh, could use help well as well. Everyone, every single community out there. So we're happy to share with that. Happy to partner with uh, eaglebellybh.org for all of this. I guess I threw it in one more time. So Kayla, Sonia and, uh, and Dr. Harlan Austin, thanks uh, for all of your time today. And again, if people want to connect, go to the website uh, and get more information. Thank you all.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at veilvalleypartnership.com.